Welcome to Alita's Toolkit. Thanks for joining me. This is episode one. If you haven't already, I'd encourage you to check out episode zero, where I share a bit of the background behind this podcast and describe the framework that I'm going to use throughout each episode. Now, leadership is not a destination. I think it's a lifelong process of growth and learning. I believe that just about everyone has the potential to develop their skills of influence and leadership. And as John Maxwell says, the world becomes a better place when more people lead well. Today, this episode, we're going to look at failing forward. At the age of nine, I was in my third year of playing soccer for the Camden Tigers. And I've got to say that my time playing soccer wasn't the greatest experience in my life. Now, as a nine-year-old boy playing a game like soccer, the be-all and end-all is really to score a goal. At some stage, you just want to be the one who puts that ball into the back of the net. Most of the time when I was playing, I played on the wing or in the backs, and I really didn't get a lot of chance to have a shot on goal. But this one particular game... I was right up in the in the goal end. I was playing in one of the forward positions in this particular game. And I was to the left of the goals and only about probably six, seven or eight metres out from the goal itself. A little bit to the left of the left goal post. And all of the rest of the players were in a bunch over on the right side of the field. And the goalie had gotten himself out of position. And I just can't remember how it happened, but the ball ended up with me. And so there I am, with no one around me, an open goal mouth in front of me, and here I'm thinking, and, and all of the emotions and, and the feelings went through me to say, I'm about to score. Here I am, I have this perfect opportunity. I'm about to score a goal. Finally, I'm, I've got this opportunity. And I looked down at the ball, I looked back up at the goals, and I saw there's no one in front of me. All I've got to do is just put this ball towards the goals. I don't even have to really kick it that hard and I'm going to score. I looked down at the ball again and I wound up and I gave it a massive kick and kicked the ball straight out of bounds about four or five metres to the left of the left goalpost. My goodness. The emotions that fell on me right then, the embarrassment. I could hear the reaction of my teammates. You know, they already... You know, they, they didn't really think much of my abilities as, as a soccer player. And to be honest, I wasn't that great. But it reinforced in me the fact that I just, I just really wasn't that good at this sport. I could hear the laughter of the opposing team. This chance of my young life was absolutely wasted, missed. I had failed. Not just failed, but I'd done so in a spectacular way and in front of so many people. I felt absolutely exposed. Now, this story, it's a metaphor for situations that I think every one of us have faced time and again in our lives. Events like this, and not just from our childhood, can significantly shape our entire lives. If you just consider for a moment the last time you experienced some sort of failure in your life, and if you're human, then I'm sure that you've experienced failure at some point or another. I'm positive that you can also relate to some of those emotional responses that I experienced back then. You know, those emotions and feelings, that they're always going to be there when we fail. The, the loss, the regret, the disappointment, the embarrassment, 
the denting of your pride. But the question for us is not whether or not we experience those kind of emotions and feelings, but it's how we will respond to them. Do we set up a monument to, those, to that failure and chain ourselves to that monument? Or do we erect instead a signpost that will act as a guide for us to do better next time, to do something differently, to perhaps lessen the chance of failure the next time? A characteristic of successful people and great leaders is their ability to handle failure well, to use it to move them forward rather than let it, to, let it hold them back. How often do you hear of the life stories of successful entrepreneurs and learn that they made their way through the school of hard knocks, they say, through failure after failure, and yet they kept bouncing back each time a little bit stronger than before? I remember hearing Peter Daniels say on a number of occasions when he spoke about the benefits of reading autobiographies and biographies, that doing so assists to build a vocabulary of overcoming incredible odds. Hearing about or reading these life stories helps us to realise that successful people rarely achieve their success without many challenges and often many failures along the way. It can assist you and I to put our own failures into some sort of perspective. Now imagine being able to embrace failure always and consistently use it to propel yourself forward. Instead, of, instead for most of us, failure can often have the opposite effect. When you hear the word fail, what sort of things go run through your mind? What sorts of emotions do you start to experience? If you're anything like most people, your thoughts and feelings and emotions about failure are likely to be negative. From an early age, we are often taught that failure is bad, and this is not always intentional. That failure should be avoided at all costs, that it is always something negative. Our childhood can be riddled with moments such as my soccer experience that reinforce thinking that failure is negative. All we have to do is put a foot wrong and our friends will, uh, you know, possibly ridicule us or, you know, poke fun at us or whatever. Parents, teachers and other authority figures can often unintentionally emphasise success as the only goal or at least the best goal and forget to emphasise that failure is also part of the learning journey. They forget to encourage that failing well is just as important as success. If a child meets or exceeds expectations, they receive praise and possibly reward. But if they do something that's less than what is expected, in other words, they fail, they often get criticism or possibly even punishment can be the result, or even worse than that, indifference. Now, the flow, on, the flow on for this can be that the child begins to associate success and failure with their own value as a person. Take that sort of thinking into teenage years, mix it with all the other challenges of that age, school assignments, relationships, finding your place in the world, and it's no wonder that we are seeing a rise in students and young people being diagnosed with anxiety and depression. In adulthood, this kind of thinking then, this association of success and failure with personal worth adds further pressure to performance in the workplace, to parenting, to marriage, and so on. Often, one result of all of this is that people develop this tendency to try to avoid failure altogether. 
But trying to avoid failure, it really reduces the number of or level of risk that someone is willing to take. And it can also lead to a greater chance of actually failing. With the focus on not failing, the failure ends up being what is achieved instead or opportunities are completely missed altogether. I, I love golf. I really enjoy playing golf. And there are times when you stand on the tee, ready to take your first shot on a hole. And you look out in front of you and all you see is grass and you might see a few trees lining the fairway. And that first shot off the tee, it just seems relatively straightforward to take. You wind up, you hit, and you know, the ball goes in the general direction that you want it to. However, you put a pond or a dam or a creek or some other water hazard right in front of you. That, that water hazard or that body of water is the first thing that you have to hit over and that same first shot becomes a whole lot harder. You see it all the time. Golfers, they focus on not hitting the, I'm not going to hit my ball into the water. I'm not, I'm not going to hit it into the water. And that is exactly what ends up happening. Even though every other tee shot that day has been straight down the fairway, as soon as you're hitting over water, it goes straight in. Failure can become an absolute barrier or a lid that prevents a person from reaching their potential. Opportunities can be completely lost because chances are not taken. That fear of failure can become that a major cause of stress in a person's life, especially in our culture where all we see is the success of others through their perfect social media presence. So, so what? You failed at something. Uh, is it really that bad? I first heard the phrase failing forward a long, long time ago. It'd be over 20 years ago when I listened to a talk given by John Maxwell and he called it failing forward. I think it was a precursor to his book of the same title. And in this message, in this message that he spoke, he was talking about how failure is an absolutely unavoidable part of life, that everyone will fail sooner or later. And this should be thought a thought that brings great freedom to us. Everyone fails. And directly from that talk, he made this statement, or this little statement. All fail, all fail often, and all fail until the day they die. Failure really is not the problem. Everyone does it. It's not the fact that we fail, since all do, but rather in the way that we perceive that failure and how we react or respond to it. Failure, it can be one of the greatest instructors in our lives but not if we respond inappropriately to it. Failure, it really deserves respect and should not be taken lightly, but it can also be very, very powerful to move us forward. I recently read a, an interesting article published in the Scientific American that was a study or about a study that actually demonstrated that failure is an essential prerequisite of success. An essential prerequis prerequisite of success. Why are we running away from failure? Why do we fear failure when it is an essential prerequisite for success? If that's the case, then we really probably need to start to think about failure in an incredibly different way. And I'll add the link to that particular article on my Facebook page. What was even more interesting to me in this article was that, that they said that the time between failures was also critical to success. When each failure was close to the previous failure, 
the ultimate chance of success increased. The statement they made was, the faster you fail, the better your chance of success. And this is a kind of a, a aspect of agile project management. I'm in the IT industry and agile is something that's, that's very much a part of that. And one of the things behind agile project management is to fail fast and pivot. And basically what that, say, what that means is that you, you actually take action. You do something. And if it goes wrong, you review it, make sure that you, you make the necessary changes and you try again. And eventually you'll get closer and closer with each iteration to succeeding and producing what you are trying to produce. But they also noted in that article, it turns out that trying again and again only works if you learn from your previous failures. That's the key, learning from our previous failures. Each attempt shows me what I need to change in order to do better the next time. Imagine if we lived our lives where everything that we did was treated in this same way. There's a quote from John Dewey, an American philosopher, psychologist, and educational reformer. His quote goes like this, Failure is instructive. The person who really thinks learns quite as much from his failures as his successes. A significant problem that many of us face is that we view failure from the entirely the wrong perspective. We see it as, as a bad thing when really we should learn as much from that as we do from our successes. Have you noticed how many people, possibly even yourself, sit in the seat of judgment over failures? Not only of other people's failures, but of our own as well. But we really need to see failure as one of the greatest teachers that we have in our lives. Just take a brief moment to consider and reflect on the way that you respond to failure, both your own failures and those, uh, and the failures of those around you. When you fail, what is your, your initial reaction? It's time to be really honest here. When you fail, do you immediately start to look for a way, way out? Do you look for a scapegoat, an excuse, or maybe even someone else to blame? Uh, no, of course you don't. That's probably just me. Anne Wang says, my attitude towards mistakes in business is somewhat similar to my attitude toward failure experiments in technology. Both are inevitable and provide valuable feedback that can direct you to the right path. Success is the ability to go from failure to failure without losing your enthusiasm. <laughs> that's a quote that's been attributed to Winston Churchill. I'm not entirely sure if it actually is his, but still, I think it's quite quite good. It's a worthy thought. So the choice really for us is that we use failure as a resource or we let failure define us. So the value proposition around learning how to fail forward with a correct perspective on failure, rather than being a hurdle, a barrier or brick wall, failure then becomes instead a teacher, a tool or a guide towards the end goal. The value for you as an individual is that it enables you to continually improve, learn, and grow. It empowers someone to maintain positivity through, throughout any event that doesn't go quite to plan. Seeing failure in this light, something that's a, a, a guide or a teacher, 
doesn't necessarily make it any easier when facing it. You're still going to experience all of those emotions and so on, and that sinking feeling, that sense of frustration at not getting it right, or at the realisation that you've got to try again, or that something you've really, really hoped for is now out of reach, because sometimes that's what failure can mean. But now, if we're failing forward, we have a way to step back, take a look at what went wrong, to regather ourselves quickly, and set about making whatever changes we need in order to do better at the next attempt, or to adjust and set some new goals when that's needed as well. Now, it also provides value. If we are someone who always looks to fail forward, then it's going to give the relationships that we have uh, with others uh, some empowerment as well. It provides our relationships. It becomes easier for us to encourage, motivate, and bring positivity to those around us. Instead of criticizing others for their failures, we start to seek to encourage them and help them to learn through it to do better next time. We help them get back on the horse, just as we hope that they will help us get back on the horse as well. And the value that this kind of thinking brings to an organization is that it helps to create and foster an innovative culture because employees then feel that they can make more calculated risks provides an atmosphere of encouragement within which employees can thrive. It enables teams to deliver value to the organization and its customers. It helps to create and foster a culture of continuous learning. So here's some thoughts around what I try and do when I fail. I might not follow every step in, in the same order every time, and I don't want for one minute suggest that this is the perfect way, and I would encourage you to experiment with this framework and find which parts work in your context and which parts you might need to tweak to better suit your needs. Your accountability group can be a great resource when it comes to this. So the first thing that we need to do when we've failed is stop. The temptation is to brush the failure aside or avoid thinking about it in the hope that it will go away. The assumption here, I guess, is that we are looking back retrospectively. Try to avoid reacting, responding or overacting overreacting immediately or impulsively. Take some time and stop and actually put some time to think about what happened. The next step is to review. Describe to yourself what actually went wrong. Reflect on the situation and the people that were involved in it. Search for a lesson. It can be helpful to do this part of the process with someone else to get somebody else's unbiased perspective on it. The third one and I think this is one of the most critical things that we need to do when we are looking at failure. We need to take personal responsibility. This is absolutely crucial. Ask yourself the question, what part did you play in the failure? Often people seek to lay the, the blame for the failure elsewhere. There's, uh, you know, sometimes you're looking to be extra punitive, to blame others, or impunitive, deny blame altogether or maybe that you, you're going to be intrapunitive and blame yourself. But once we've owned up and we've taken whatever responsibility we need to around the failure, we can then evaluate the consequences, those for ourselves and those for the others impacted. And look, we might need to actually go to some other people that were involved in, in whatever it is, and we might need to apologize, not make excuses, but just apologize. And then we can start to brainstorm 
What could I have done differently? What sorts of things could I change next time to, to maybe get a, a different outcome? And once we've had a look at what we need to change, it might be a, a way of thinking, a habit or an approach, then we ask ourselves the question, what are we going to do about it? What is my next step? And then who am I going to be accountable to about this, to make that change become part of who I am? Now it's over to you. What are you going to do based on what we've discussed in this episode? I suggest that you set yourself some time today and evaluate how you handle or respond to failure currently. When you fail, do you currently seek to blame others or do you evaluate your contribution now? Do you try to distance yourself from the failure or do you face it and try and learn from it? Do you avoid taking risks because you might fail? What one thing are you going to do differently over the next two weeks based on what we've discussed here today? There's a line from the movie A Beautiful Mind that I absolutely love. And in it he says, Every time I attempt something, statistically brings me closer to success. I think that is just such a freeing statement. Every time I attempt something, statistically brings me closer to success. Failure, look, you'll never avoid it altogether, and you really shouldn't ever want to. It can stop you from reaching your full potential, from reaching your goals, but only if you let it. Or it can propel you forward, teaching you and guiding you towards success. Now, hopefully this episode's given you food for thought and started you on a journey towards failing forward. Thanks for listening, and I really hope you've found value in this. If you have, it would be great if you could share a leader's toolkit on your favorite social media platform. And please comment on the Facebook page. I'd love to hear from you. Until the next episode, enjoy the journey. But just remember, if you're a person of faith, stay tuned for my final thoughts from a Christian perspective. So how do we handle failure as a Christian? Well, from the perspective of someone who is the follower of Jesus Christ, a Christian, failure should have even less power to limit us or hold us back. When we understand that God's love for us is completely independent of any success or failure, that the value he places on us doesn't hinge on how well we perform in anything. The Bible says that all our works are like filthy rags. The one thing that God wants is for us to put him first and foremost in our lives. His desire is that we love him with all our hearts, minds and souls. And when we do this, we know that as it says in Romans 8.28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And that is such a reassuring scripture when it comes to failing. We know that our God has our best at the core of who he is. So when we fail, like the good father he is, he will help us get back up on our feet and try again. But also, he will help us learn from the failure and to grow. Understanding who we are as his children, children of God, is also crucial in putting failure in its proper place. We know that God values us, as we are, failures and all. He created us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, the Bible tells us. When we have the, a full understanding of this, of just how much God values us, no failure will then cause us to devalue ourselves. Even when we do the wrong thing, when we fail, 
when it comes to the way God would have us walk or, or to sin, to put it more succinctly, the Bible even tells us that God is ready to forgive. 1 John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I hope that somehow this episode has diminished the, the, the power that or the negative power that failure can have in your life. And it started you on a journey where you can use failure to always move forward. So thanks for listening. And I hope you tune in to the next episode in a couple of weeks' time.